Well, hello out there, Quest members. I have an interview today with uh, Joan McGinnis. Yes, one of the sisters from Oak Island. And she's here to tell us a little history of her family. And after that conversation, she'll take some questions that the members posted. And hello, Joan. How are you? Hello, John. I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Very good, very good. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome, and thank you for having me. And um, your name is pretty famous out here in Oak Island land, as you well know. Well, no, I didn't know. <laughs> but that's good to know. Yep, yep, you got a lot of fans. My group is very knowledgeable of what's going on. And they're very inquisitive of what you're going to say and tell us about your family history and uh, everything that you've been going through to give a little insight of actually what's going on. Okay. Well, um, our history is pretty ordinary and... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, except, of course, for one thing, we would have uh, mommy or one of the uncles or aunts tell us bedtime stories yep. about our treasure island. Yes. And um, that that was quite interesting. It wasn't like it is now it wasn't a wonderful romantic uh famous uh nationally broadcasted you know treasure hunt correct yeah everything's out in the so open very, though. very very few people knew about it and we were cautioned not to tell people mm-hmm. so we didn't uh we were just um an ordinary family, grew up on the East Coast. Uh, The the aunts and uncles were always at our house, um, dinner and then uh, discussion about the island after dinner. Yep, like at my uh, house, we used to meet at my grandmother's house all the time, and they used to talk about, uh, you know, from Italy she was, and we'd go to her house, and everybody would always meet up at her house. And I would love the stories of the old brothers and sisters giving stories and little things and little tidbits of how their life was uh, growing up also at my grandmother's house. Yes, I love those stories. Yeah. And they, yeah, they were just like, we looked forward to that very much. Um, but when they had their serious discussions about the island the girls weren't allowed to be in the room in those days mm-hmm. you know uh, girls were like second class citizens so the history the way I heard it from the people who made the history was that my great great great-grandfather was uh, hanging out on the island. He would hang out there every chance he got. 
and go fishing and hunting and just laying under the old oak tree. Yep. So one day he was lying there daydreaming or doing what guys do, and he saw the marks from the pulley on the oak tree. And he noticed a depression in the ground. And being from a family of builders and carpenters and stonemasons, he figured it out that somebody had dug a hole and buried something there. Okay. So he started digging. I don't know how long he dug. I would imagine a couple of days anyway. And then he went and got his two friends, uh, Smith and Vaughn. Yep. Now, some theorist says that Dan knew that there was a treasure buried on that island from his Scottish descent. Do you know anything or have heard any of them, those theories that he knew, not whereabouts, but on Oak Island there was a treasure that was buried? Well, I have no way of knowing what he knew. Right, okay. But I knew, I do know, I can tell you only what I know. Right, correct. He came from the same place that the Templars came from, Scotland. Correct, correct, yep. And from the family stories, um, he was a Templar, and most of the McGinnis men were also Templars. So, yes, I can see where he might have had a history with them. And so I can't imagine him being there by accident. All right. I mean, so, so your father and grandfather were uh, Templars? As far as I know. As far as you know. Yeah, okay. From whatever stories mm -hmm. they, have, they have spoken to you with or how, that's the best of your knowledge. Uh, I agree. I know for sure that Uncle George was a Templar and Uncle Albert was a Templar. Okay. And I do believe my father and my brother were Templars. Okay. Um, I haven't verified that, so I can't say that for sure. Not really, as far as you know. The other uncles I'm not sure about. Okay. So, let's see, what else? So they came here, <clears throat> they came through uh, Ellis Island. Yeah, okay, everybody with, goes, yeah. With the rest of the immigrants. Yep. <laughs> In um, the 1700s, 16s or 1700s, not sure. Settled in North Carolina. They were landowners. Um, they had a plantation. Mm -hmm. They actually were acquainted with Samuel Ball. And there we go, bingo. Here comes Samuel bingo. Ball. Here comes Samuel Ball. Everybody wants to know about Samuel Ball now. Yeah, I wish I could have known him. He was an amazing person from what I hear. He was, of course, a slave at that time. And there are many stories about how he was freed. So he either uh, ran away um, from the plantation or 
another story is that he was uh, offered if he would fight in the war for the British that they would buy his freedom and he would they would give him some land. Okay. And um, because it was like a no-brainer that the British were going to win the war, it was like um, Goliath and David. Right. They're all organized and everybody's in straight lines and you have the colonials that are all different people, all unorganized. They says, well, these guys don't have a chance. The British are going to wipe them right out, right? Exactly. Yep. That was, that yeah. was the mindset. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, or fortunately, uh, that didn't happen. And so they were asked to leave the country. In those days, traitors were thrown out of the country. Okay. And they were considered traitors. Sorry about that, but they were. Um, so they um, were uh, awarded land in on Oak Island in and around that area. And... So they, that's how his family uh, ended up there, and he grew up there, right on the right on the western shore. Okay, like I. And he would always row out to Oak Island every chance he got, and just hang out. Right, like when. He's kind of a loner. Yeah, and like I mentioned before, uh, obviously the only thing we got to go by, Joan, is what they tell us uh, on the TV show, and his descendants when well, they were on the show. They mentioned that Sam Ball had to pay eight pounds of silver for his first lot. Now, that's all we got to go by is what the uh, show tells us. So what's your opinion or theory about him actually having silver and actually um, buying more land on Oak Island and buying another island off of Oak Island and land on the mainland as far as being a cabbage farmer, what's your theory on something like that? I think it's a wonderful thing. I, from what I understand, his first lot he was given to him uh, by the King of England. Okay. Um, because to thank him for his service. Yep. Which is the same way um, my great 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 grandfather got his first lot yep. I it now keep in mind I don't know for sure I'm, this is my theory correct that they found treasure a lot of it and that's how they were able to buy more lots mm-hmm. um, the Smiths and the Bonds and Samuel Ball yep and Daniel um, ended up with quite a bit of property right. on the island and off. I didn't even know that Samuel Ball had bought another island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, also on that, uh, I mean, I know they were digging, and we don't know how deep they had to go. Like, I get questions from members. Well, if they did find some sort of treasure, some sort of pirate treasure, quote, unquote, it's not going to be down 225 feet. They must have found something in the shallower part of the treasure, like maybe 10 feet, 
20 feet. We don't know the exact depth, but it's not going to be the depth that they're looking at now, looking for the vault or looking for the money pit, obviously. Quite right. Obviously, pirates don't dig that deep. Um, I'd say probably more like six or eight feet. Yeah, that's what I was saying. And then they cover it up. Right. Um, So why did they keep digging? That's a good question. Yeah. That raises more questions. Every time you get an answer to that, raises more questions. Right. And they said, well, if they found three chests, supposedly, why did they stop? Well, they wanted go deeper to see if there's any more, I guess, because the platforms kept on showing up every 10 feet. So if no, I guess maybe if no platforms were shown after they found whatever they found in three chests or bags or whatever story was told to you that you can explain, that um, if I went 10 feet and saw another platform, I would dig until I found maybe nothing but rocks and then say, okay, you know what I mean? There's nothing else here and let's move on, you know. Exactly, that every 10 feet there was a platform. Uh, of course you're going to keep digging yeah. until you, you know, figure out what are these platforms about and why are they here and what's down there. Right. And then they so f- they did. They dug 90 feet down until they found the 90-foot stone. Yep, and the 90-foot stone, the inscription was face down. Can you imagine that? Like from somebody digging from the bottom up. The inscriptions, as far as the stories that I've known through, obviously, TV, not even anybody to give me a fact or anything, that the inscriptions were face down. Doesn't that seem awful strange that the inscriptions would be face down and not face up? Go ahead, Joan. You know, John, that is one of the most fascinating parts about it. Yeah. That, yes. Um, that is really uh, amazing and fascinating to me. Um, I don't have the answer. I'm hoping one day I will, but right now I have, you know, I have no answers for that. Okay. Unfortunately, there are more questions than answers. That's always with Oak Island. We're always getting more questions on top of questions. One answer maybe and then 50 different questions. I hear you, Joan. Exactly, yeah. But that's a part of the enigma of the mystery. Yep, yep, it always is, it always is. That's what keeps everybody coming back every week to watch, all 3.7 million viewers every Tuesday night. You know, what's going on next? What's this? What's that? You know, it's just unbelievable what they're trying to do. And um, it's just unbelievable. I mean, I, I just keep on watching, they keep on getting me and getting me and getting me because there's such much more to find there. You know, they keep on getting all these dates, and mostly the scientific community now is getting involved. We're having not a guy that's a well well digger down the street doing some core holes. We have scientists. We have soil specialists, surveyor specialists. We have all the professionals now tying it in Oak Island, the dates, on the wood, the dates on the rocks, the dates on everything, and the soil, that we're getting a big picture of what's going on from the professionals now. These are not, you know, just laymen just saying, well, they got experience because I've seen this a million times. These people are professional. What do you think of those people? 
Yes, they are. They're professionals and um, considered to be experts. Right. Um, I That doesn't necessarily mean they know what they're doing because how do they know what they're really dealing with? Yep, they're going to go by That's dates. That's my question. Yeah, they just go by the dates. They got the soil, they got the dates, they got the carbon testing. That's, I mean, that's all we can go by is what dates they say this stuff came from. This came from this date error. But there's an error of what, 50 years, 100 years, uh, so forth, you know? Oh, yeah. All that information, you know, is helpful. But it's not like looking at it through the eyes of the people who were there and built that shaft. I hear you. But what do you think of, uh, or what does your family think of now? If you're around there having coffee or whatever, what, do you, what does your family think of what's going on on Oak Island now? Like in 2020, since you've been there, you've been on the show and seen what's going on, what's, what's the conversation that goes on? Like if you're having tea and coffee, Hey, by the way, this episode, or if you didn't see it and somebody fills you in, what is your family activity saying about the actual show itself? Well, we're, we're excited and uh, fascinated uh, every week, each and every episode. We're not together. We're all in different parts of the country. Okay. But we get on the phone every couple times a week and it always comes up and it's just it's fascinating and interesting and we're just like everybody else we have to guess mm-hmm. you know what what's going to happen what's going to come about but one thing i know what's that there were at least four families who lived on that island and dug for treasure and became very wealthy yep so i expect when the fruits of this search are revealed that it will be just something magnificent it could be gold or diamonds or important documents right whatever it is it's going to be awesome yep no, we have no doubt about that. But on any of your bedtime stories, like with your grandfather or your father, um, was any mention of a chess or three chess, or was it bags? Or if you can remember, what exactly did they say about a treasure chest? Not actual, you know, what's in there, diamonds, the cross, nuggets, whatever, because that's all we got is to go by is the cross. Because we have no coins to go by. We have no other uh, pieces of whatever treasure any of the three boys try to save each piece and pass down to their family except for the cross you guys got. What did he ever say about any kind of treasure chest? I mean, your grandfather, your father, or any, any stories or theories have you heard on that, Joan? Well, keep in mind I was a very young child. Correct. Um, and the the way I understood it was three chests or three boxes. However, it could have been one big box or one big bag. Okay. 
but the important point is that it was split three ways. And each man, you know, took a third. Right. I have no idea how much it was. Right. I think it was quite a bit. Right, but what about a hand-me-downs? I'm saying, like, you got handed down this cross. Did any other families have any any hand-me-downs that you know of, like a trinket or a, a ring or, you know, if it's split three ways? I mean, I'm just putting this out there. I know you probably don't know or whatever, but did any other two families or three families keep a, 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 a namesake through the years do you know of? I know that in the McGinnis family, the McGinnis men handed down the information and the secrets okay. and the documents and the treasure to their sons, not the daughters. Right, no. right. Well, everything they're went all, to the sons, right? They were allowed to even, you know, uh, know about, uh, the, right. the, you know, the important facts and the secrets. There were many, many secrets and documents. So and no. so by the, by the um, 20th century, Correct. Um, when my brother Jimmy was 15, my father gave him the cross. Right. Jimmy told me, and this is from Jimmy's mouth, so okay. he told me that he did see a chest, a wooden chest, and our father took the cross out of the chest okay. and put it on his neck, and he said, never take this off and never let it out of your sight. Correct. So I didn't even know he had it. I do happen to have a picture of him with it on when he was a very young man. Okay. So in his 20s. So I know that he had it then. But no other boys but had... I didn't know the history of it. He wasn't allowed to talk to right. about Right. He, he couldn't say anything correct. But nobody, no, none of other boys had anything, any, like a ring on him, like their father had a pinky ring on him, or just the, just the cross. That's the only thing that came out to be handed down through all these people? That's what I'm trying no. to say. No, my Uncle Wally. Uncle Wally. Uh, the second youngest brother okay. had a coin on a chain around his neck okay. that he always wore. All right. And he said his father gave it to him. Okay, there you go. Yep. Yeah, and he would say this came from Treasure Island. Okay. Um, somewhere along the line, the coin disappeared. Oh, boy. And nobody really knows what happened to it. Okay. So, as far as I know, the the cross that I have, the Nugget Cross, Correct. is the only known piece of treasure right. that is authentic and came from the money pit. Yep. Unbelievable. The story always, I can hear the story about a million times and never gets old. You know what I mean, Joan? It's just like, just gets me crazy. I do know exactly what you mean. It never <laughs> gets old. I've been hearing and talking about it for over 50 years. Yeah. And it's still, it's like it's brand new every time. 
Right. Now, did your grandfather or father ever mention the 90-foot stone at all, or no, that was in his stories to you, or no, that was just a guy talk with about the 90-foot stone? No, we were told about uh, Grandpa Dan. He built a cabin on the island for his family to live in, a very nice cabin. And he had the 90-foot stone um, embedded in his fireplace. Okay. He had a big, huge stone fireplace, and it was on the mantle. Mm-hmm. It was part of the mantle. I I was there at the cabin one time when I was little, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, five or six. Yeah. And I do remember the big old fireplace, but I had no idea uh, you know, to to look for the ninety foot stone. It, right. I don't think it even had a name at right. that time. If it did, I didn't know it. So no, I can't say I ever saw it. Right. But uh my grandfather being the senior member, by that I mean he was the first one to dig. Correct. Um, felt, you know, that he was entitled to the stone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the fair world, it would have gotten passed down to us and eventually oh, to me. Correct. But that didn't happen. So whoever has it, you know, I bless them and I just wish them all the best luck in the world. Yep. And even uh, I had another question that says, the Susan Kaiser says, I have heard it said, her cross is a key, quotation marks. Could it be a key to unlock the door to either a treasure room or the vault? Now, some people think Nolan's cross is the key. You know, Nolan's cross, when I'm talking about it, Nolan's cross is the key. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I know about that story of Nolan's cross. I've never heard that story that my golden cross Right was a key. I guess it could be if the pirates who buried that treasure that ended up in my family were involved with digging all the way down to the vault that's at the bottom of the pit. Oh my god, yeah. I guess I guess that could be. But we have no way of knowing that. I'd like you know, I'd like to be around when they finally do bring up the quote-unquote treasure Correct. at the bottom of the pit. And I'd love to see a match to my cross. Oh, wouldn't that be? Oh, my God. Among that treasure. I would have a tear in my eye. Oh. <laughs> you know, Joan would be like, oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. And Yeah, that's sweet of you. Thank you, John. Yeah. And uh, it's just unbelievable. You know, we're in this with you. I mean, my 54,000 members and me, we're with you, step by step, piece by piece, inch by inch, rock by rock. We're with you, Joan. you got to know that. You have all our support, 100%. That's good to know. That's so good to know. Um, this one guy, Skip, says, were the three boys good friends with Samuel Ball, and did he help him dig? Did you hear any stories about him helping him dig or just that there were friends on the connection with Sam Ball and the McGinnises? Yes, they were acquainted. Now, I don't know if Smith and Vaughn were acquainted with 
right. Samuel Bull before right. that. I presume they were. I presume they were friends from way back. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I have no way of knowing that. Yeah. However, um, Samuel Ball was on the plantation next to the one that my family owned. Right. So, um, and the way I heard it, and the you know the romantic in me wants to believe that it was Daniel McGinnis. He was Donald McGinnis at the time. Right. Um, helped Samuel Ball to escape. Sounds and they sounds, joined. Yeah. They yeah they joined the uh, uh, the Revolutionary War together because I mean think about it they were neighbors in North Carolina and then now they're neighbors on Oak Island. It just makes a lot of sense that they came there together or Daniel was there and made a place for Samuel, yep. or vice versa. Correct, yeah. But I don't believe in coincidence at all, ever. All right, so we we think, theory-wise, that he also helped him dig then, probably. Absolutely. Yep. He became very wealthy. Correct. And he was living on the island, and what else would he do? Right. You know, none of those families worked. Right. They, grew they had enough money to support, you know, their family and their lifestyle and live very well and acquire a lot of land and wealth. Right, so, but Dan just did farming, right? He just did farming and Sam did the uh, cabbage growing, right? That's about it, right? Yes, they did do that. They did farming and they had animals and crops and things. I never knew what they grew. Right, okay. I always thought they just grew food for themselves, but yeah, they've yeah, gone commercial. Yep, and uh, did your grandfather or father say anything about some kind of journal that they keep? But Anything in writing as far as, I know you got the cross, that's a material thing. Was there any, like a little book or a little journal or anything else like that in script do you have from uh, way back when? that was passed down, or your sisters have? I can't really speak to that. Oh, okay. All right, now it says, uh, Candace Durgan, why didn't the McGinnis family pass down the land on Oak Island to the next generation to look for more treasure, as if it looks like the hatch or the hole under the entrance to the vault, like on Zia's uh, map, was like under his house? They did pass down the land. Daniel passed down the land to his um, his wife yep. and kids, and they passed it down, you know, to their descendants. But along the way, the the uh, mystery and the romance of Treasure Island just lost its hold yeah. on some of them, yep. and they decided to sell. Okay. So gradually, little by little, it it was gone. It was still in the family when I was a kid. I know all of my uncles had lots there, yep. and I think the last lot uh, was sold. Uncle George sold it around uh, in the 70s or 80s. Hmm. That's what I heard anyway. 
Yep. In a fair world, he would have given it to me. Correct, correct, correct. But that didn't happen. And then uh, Judy Rosebuck asks, please ask her if she was surprised that Zena's map and the map you had were alike. What do you think about that? I think that's very significant. That was amazing to me. The maps you found in the book, Zena's, my God. Yeah, whether it was a map or a piece of a puzzle, yeah. a parchment, or even stone, broken up stone. Right. Uh, nobody really knows because her copy is a copy and yeah. so is mine. Right. Who knows where it's copied from, you know? Yes, but for her, all the way over on the other side of the country yeah. to have the same document I have. Unbelievable. That, to me, is amazing. That's and then, a uh, good thing. Yep. Bill and Beth Chesfield, does she wish she could be more actively involved in searching? It's in her blood. That's what he's putting here. It's in her blood, searching. So he was wondering if you were more actively involved in the searching up there on Oak Island. He's right. It is in my blood. My blood and my bones are on the island. My heart is on the island. Um, I don't think I would be uh, comfortable in that lifestyle. I'm, I'm not really a city girl, but I do like my comfort. I hear you. You know, and I don't think I would really be a good treasure hunter. I I would be a good, like, supervisor, you yep. know, if they needed one, yep. or maybe a tour guide Yep. on the on the tour bus with Charlie. Right. Something oh, like that. But oh, oh, my God. Imagine being on a tour. Guys, members out there, imagine being on a tour with Joe McGinnis. Can you imagine? I'm putting that out there, so when this is out there, right? Imagine you and Charles giving a tour on a special, say a special Sunday date or whatever, that you're actually there with him on a special uh, tour on the island. That would be fantastic. Oh, my God. That would be so fantastic. (laughs) I've never really thought that that would be, you know, a real reality but that would be fun too yeah that yeah. would be so much fun charlie's really fun to hang out with yep well, we're talking to uh joan mcginnis and uh they have two books out that i have one's called the first decade oak island life by kareen margano illustrated by gene mcginnis and the latest one i got is Oak Island Connection, stories told by the descendants of Jean Joan, Joyce McGinnis, and Karen Morgano. That's Corinne Margiano. Corinne Margiano? Yes. Okay, we got that, right? We got the two books here. Mm-hmm. I'll show them here. Pick up a Appreciate copy. That. Pick up a copy. I mean, we have Joan right here telling us you know, her family history. And the stories, obviously, that you heard, 
She wasn't born in 1795, guys. Um, we'll give her that much, right? Right, Joan? That's right. That's exactly right. Okay. Perhaps I should have been. I know. I know all the information you have, and it's all for a good cause. And I hope uh, Rick and Marty give us not only you and your family the answers, but all us fans uh, answers also. I've done this that I didn't even think I'd have 5,000 viewers. No long fifty four thousand people. My group's more wow. fan my Joan, my group is more fan based than really technical, you know, like this angle, that angle, this dig, that dig. Yes. We go over the show that it happened and we're more I'm I'm sorta of, I almost promo promote the show. It's not highly technical with all kinds of stuff people don't understand. I want it to be very understandable to even a 10-year-old. So that's why I made my group not on the high end of all these theories, a million theories, a million mm -hmm. uh, decision on which way to go, which way to do. The show comes on, we discuss what the show says and gives us, and then we go from there. So my, my group is mostly fan-based, and I don't know what the other groups do, because I don't go to any other groups, but I must be doing something right because we keep on getting more and more members on a daily basis. I also want to thank you for doing this interview, Joan. I appreciate it so much. You're my first official interview, and i you don't even know how much this means to me. Well, you're welcome, and um, thank you for having me. Uh, it was my pleasure. And um, I just want you to know that I don't know about the other clubs, but I know you're doing something right because the way you're doing it, and that's what I like about it, and I'm sure that that's what everyone else likes about it too. It's friendly, and but yet there are rules, right. strict rules, as I found out. <laughs> yep, yep. Since I broke one of them, <laughs> and I'm not going to say which one. I hear you. Well, I thank you so much, and uh, stay healthy, stay safe, be positive. Thank you so much, Joan. You're very welcome. Bye-bye.